You're listening to the Building Stronger Agents podcast, where we interview the top solo agents, team leaders, and brokers across the country to see what makes them thrive in today's market and beyond. This episode of the Building Stronger Agents podcast is brought to you by Social Orchard. At Social Orchard, we help successful real estate agents nurture their past clients' fear four to five days a week so that you can never be forgotten. We're going to help you build a community with a private Facebook group. We provide all of the content. We help you engage and have conversations with your sphere. All you have to do is invite your Facebook friends, grow the group, and engage with the comments daily. With your private friends and family Facebook group, you are never going to be forgotten again. And over time, your referral and repeat business is going to be stronger than it ever has been before. Visit socialorchard.com. Welcome back, everybody. Will Penny here on the Building Stronger Agents podcast. And today we have a friend of mine, Bobby Johnson, who actually is in Panama City Beach, Florida. Uh, I had a chance to go down and visit him earlier in the year. Beautiful part of the country. Lots of very expensive real estate. Bobby's been in the business for over 20 years. And today uh, we're going to just talk about, you know, this transitioning market. Since he and I have both been doing this a long time, we're a couple of crotchety old men. And we're going to talk about his business and, you know, hopefully give you some tips on how you can have a better end of your year. So, Bobby, how's it going today, man? Good? It's going great. Yeah, actually, I'm in Santa Rosa Beach, Panama oh, City. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, I meant yeah. to say Santa Rosa Beach. I don't know why I said Everybody that. Does that. We're, we're actually, Santa Rosa Beach is uh, between Panama City Beach and Destin. And most people are familiar with those. I screwed up. I know where you are. I was obviously hey, I'll, 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 I'll sell a home in Panama City Beach, though, if you, all day long, though. Right. And uh, w- one little cool thing about Santa Rosa Beach, uh, what's the name of the town next door where they did the movie, the Jim Carrey movie? Yeah, so the, the seaside, seaside, so the Truman right. Show. Yeah. Truman so Show. Kind yeah. of what launched us, actually, and it really kind of helped us get discovered when Hollywood discovered us. By the way, if you haven't seen that show, I highly recommend it. It's so good. You know, and 30 days kind of consists of a lot of these little um, uh, planned unit developments. We call them PUDs along 30A from Rosemary. Um, now we, we have Seacrest. It's Rosemary, Seacrest, Kaya, Alice Beach, um, uh, Water Sound, Watercolor. And they're all just like little separate little pockets in their own identity. The, the, the design's different in all the communities. Right. Um, yeah. They're all, and they're all, they're all created to look a certain way. Like the one, is it watercolor, the one that looks a lot like, um, like Charleston? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe Water Sound might be more Charleston. Water, okay. But they're very similar. You know, Water yeah. Sound will have the... Uh, shingles the the upgraded uh shingles where watercolor will have metal roofs more more like a, a, a larger version of seaside i i would lean towards what watercolor is and see and then water sound probably more charleston look to it yeah anyway they're all they've all got a different vibe um it's very created so there's good you know that i like that part I like the, the, the beach is amazing because you have to step down to the beach, which I wasn't expecting. Like you're high up. It's more like on the West Coast. It's funny. We have people all the time will say, um, 
but we want to get in an area where we don't really have to walk down, you know, people that are new to the area. We right. want to walk down. The, we, we don't want to walk down the steps. That's we'd like to buy where we can walk straight out. And I always go, no, you don't. <laughs> Trust me, you don't. That's what protects us is that elevation, you know. Oh, absolutely. Our, our golf front is called floods. You know, all of Florida is a flood zone, you know, first of all. But the flood zone X is the one you want, right? And our golf the majority of our golf front along 30A is, is flood zone X. You don't even need flood insurance. They say if that, if, if, if that floods, state we're, Florida, all hell's breaking loose. State of Florida is underwater. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of, it is hurricane season. You yeah. know, it just started. So <laughs> we'll see how that so plays how, out. Bobby, how'd you, uh, how'd you get in the business, man? Man, I, this how long? Twenty? How many years? Like nineteen ninety nine. So, um, gosh, twenty four years now. Yeah, twenty four years. Um, my dad was a contractor, mm-hmm. uh, or my my stepfather is a contractor. Excuse me. Um, so I was always around real estate agents. Um, I I, I didn't want to be one. Uh, that was my. Uh, I don't know that a lot of people seek that out. Even though my son is kind of curious about it, you know. Um, cause he's watched me. I, I, I love it and enjoy it. I think he picks up on that. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, I was a nurse for a while. I had an art and furniture store for a long time. Uh, I worked with my dad as a kind, I kind of real estate kind of evolved. I always tell people I ran out of options and, and, <laughs> and you know, I was selling paintings and furnishings and I was making a hundred bucks and 200 bucks. And, and these agents were coming into my shop and they're, you know, they're telling me you should get into real estate and, you know, you sell a piece of land and you're at, um, you know, you make $5,000. And I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't really get all that, you know? Um, so I started leaning in that direction. Um, I, I got in it uh, with St. Joe, Arvita St. Joe is a big landholder here. And I was right. one of the first agents with them. Um, and ever, you know, it's been on go ever since I got in, you know, I, I've, I've been, Probably like you, Will, I, I, never, I never really had a lull. I, I'm always kind of going for it, you know? Right. Since like, the day I got in it, I was always active with it. And I think a lot of that was because I understood what I was selling. I understood the market. I grew yeah, up. You've been in the area. Mm-hmm. That's important. Hey, so what kind of, just so everyone knows, what kind of volume are you doing now? Or like last year, what you've been used to? I think last year... I think we closed in around 80 million in sales last year. This year, um, like everybody, whew, um, my gosh, I'm not sure where we are. I'm trying not to look right now, Will. I'm not even, I haven't even tracked my production this year. I mean, I know it's not good, but we did, we have recently found a rhythm. I think we've entered into, uh, You've heard of a tweener market. Have you and I have talked about that? Okay, yeah. You know, uh, where the buyers, and the sellers are kind of banging up. They the, the sell, buyers are thinking there's going to be price reductions, and the, and right. the sellers aren't reducing uh, like we thought they would. Inventory is steadily on the uptick, but I think for for us, uh, for what we do, we're starting to find our rhythm. I I, I think we closed five properties last month, um, right. so so August is good. Um, you know, we're, we're fighting for these deals, though. We're, we're, we're working twice as hard, making half the money right now. And, you know, we've all been here before. Um, we're just going to find a way to make it work. I think that's what agents that have been in this a long time know how to do. Right. So you uh, I know you do some luxury down there. You're kind of forced to because it's so expensive. 
But let's talk a little bit about that, because I know a lot of agents would like to get into the luxury market, and there's a couple of obvious ways to get into it. Um, calling, luxury, calling expensive expireds, calling expensive FISBOs, that'll get you in that room pretty quickly. But uh, when you're dealing, you've told me about some really expensive sales that you've had. I mean, did you have to work to get into that, or just, did it just happen because you're in that market? I think for me, it evolved with some intention. Um, uh, you and I share the same coach and, and uh, I used to, because I've been here so long, people think that growing up here, you know, everybody. And so you're well connected, but you have to keep in mind growing up here. I know, a lot, you know, I know a lot of broke people, people that grew up here and lived here early on. They didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't have any money. a lot of money. It's the people that were vacationing here and their kids that were a little bit more connected to, to people that could afford these luxury homes. So mm -hmm. for me, you know, I'm, I've always been a, a I was always a transaction guy. You know what I mean? Right. If I could get 60, 70, 80 transactions, I always told my team one a week, one deal a week. That's all I'm looking for. Right. Um, but, but again, you know, with some intention, I began to seek out this luxury stuff. And, and you know, that was with good coaching and, reminded me to go after it because if not i heard i heard a guy say this one time it really hit home a, a guy with beach group another local real estate company guy named andy wiggins he said in all my years of doing this i've never really seen an agent's business change you know what i mean like because we're, we're go, you know i have people that move to 30a and they're like well i'm still working the destin business they pretty much get stuck over there in destin if you're working you know um, low income, first time home buyers, when you get started, you might get stuck there with, if you do not make a specific plan. So we intentionally went after, uh, high end builders. Uh, we, we, you know, became to, you know, even began to get more social in the social circles of where we might find that people have a little more money. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, frankly, the luxury market is, is way easier than the other market. I'm working a, uh, $90,000 lot right now. That's it's going to give me a heart attack. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I swear all my low end stuff right now that I'm doing and, and I love doing all of it. Will you and I talked about this right before this started. Don't get me wrong. And I will always right. do all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. We have a $90,000 lot that needs to be probated and got to get six, seven brothers to sign it. Um, when you get into the luxury world, you know, they, they need a new roof. They, they get a new roof. You know, they, there's no, they just deal with it. You know, they're used to this kind of stuff. It seems like they're used to problems. So they're easier to talk to. And, and so frankly, I just found it a little bit easier to, to go down that path, especially talking, at my age. <laughs> if you were talking to a brand new agent that would like to, because there's a couple of young agents in your market. I talked to one, he's in his 20s and he's doing well with more expensive homes. But if you, if you, like what, if you've got an agent who wants to get into luxury and they haven't established themselves doing anything else, what, what are some of the things they need to look out for? Well, it's, 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 you better have some money saved up. It's going to take, in my opinion, it's going to take you a little while to do it. But if I could do it all over again and, and look at my career, I, I probably would have, um, I, I would, knowing what I know now, I would have gone directly into that market. Um, right. I, I'm still, you know, I, I'm, I'm still having to dabble in the other market because I think it's just part of growing up here and knowing everybody. And I, I still For love sure it. You can't say no. Yeah, but as a new agent, um, 
I would literally get in those circles, you know, I mean, like I said, each of those communities, um, there's, you know, there's restaurants, there's places to walk your dog, you you know, that's where I'd be doing my mailers, I would be building um, websites that, 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 brought that town in, I would be do, now you could do uh, pay-per-clicks that focus in on those areas. I would probably just focus on luxury. Now, can you sustain though? It's cause you know, it's, it's a harder process to get each between each sale. You and I spoke about Darla's wonderful success, right? I mean, Darla has been doing it four years. She'll probably beat my numbers this year. I wouldn't be surprised, but I bet you I'll probably do three times the transactions with her, you know? What would you rather do? I would highly recommend agents getting into it. They want to get into the luxury market, learn everything they can about luxury market and luxury buyers and sellers and focus primary on that. Because if not, you could get stuck. What do you need to know about luxury buyers and sellers? What do you what are you talking about? Well, you know, I, I, I liken it to. Um, I heard this story one day about this guy, the sixty thousand dollar cheeseburger. Have you heard this before? No. Um, so there's a place where you can get a $60,000 cheeseburger and, and people were like, who in the world would buy a $60,000 cheeseburger? And people that actually, they sell these things, right? Well, when you, when you realize the kind of money people have, say this guy, he's worth 500 million, a billion dollars. Okay. I've got clients that are Bitcoin people that are, you know, worth two or $300 million. Right. Um, they they literally this this burger at sixty thousand is the same cost to them as the guy that that works at the place that's paying seven dollars for the burger. Mathematically, it's the same amount of money. So you have to realize the way they think about money. We when you're in the real estate business, we always think we're oh we need to save them money or save they don't they, what they want is time and and no hassle. They don't they don't want to deal with the little stuff. You know what I mean? I'm sorry about that. My dog is deciding. That's Bar- gold, though. They're not thinking about the money so much. Sky, Sky, come here. By the way, you know how I got this dog? Uh, I went to a listing appointment, and the lady died the next day. And you got her dog? I got that's her dog. That is awesome. <laughs> I don't know about it. Maybe awesome for you. Listen to this thing. Hey, Sky, let me grab him real fast so I can. All right. Hear you. Come here, buddy. All right. Sorry about that, Will. So isn't isn't that a neat analogy, though? It's the same cost for the guy that works there that's making 15 bucks an hour. So we have to think about that, you know, like they. It's all perceived value. They just look at things differently. So when they're when you're when you're with them. And they're looking at things you, you have to view from their their space, not you're saving them or you're. They don't care about the money. So so if you're thinking like, oh, this is a better deal, they want the location, they want the hassle free, they they don't think about the money as much. You know, they just matter of fact, some of them I've noticed will get a kick out of um seems like lately, who can spend the most for a golf front home? I think that's kind of got a um, you know, it was eight million, then it was ten, then it was twelve, then it was fifteen. Then it was 18. Now it's 24 million. I almost wonder if they're and who can spend the most on a golf front home for it. And then, but then the luxury buyer, you know, we have a, 
we had, I forget who it was that came down here and spoke to all of us at one point and, and talked about um, in Miami, right? The Gulf front or waterfront, you know, is 60 to $50 million where ours is at 20. The high end stuff is 20 million. So they still think this stuff's got a place, a way to go. Uh huh. You know, they don't want to be saving money per se. They want to, they, they want what they want. And they recognize all the little details from the lighting, the light switches, what kind of tile, what kind of, you know, granite, what kind of, they're very astute to, to, to items like that. It's how they grew up, majority of them. They like things. They like it. Mm -hmm. So there's some ego around It's a difference between the new money and the old money, too. So that's, that's always a fun little, try to pick up a little bit. Um, the Did old read the book? Oh, sorry, yeah. I mean to cut you off. Did you ever read the book, The Millionaire Next Door? Yeah, yeah, long time ago, yeah. yeah. Right, at the beginning, it starts off with them having a, uh, a get-together for all these people that are worth at least $5 million or $10 million, and they had all this fancy stuff out, and they realized that the, the wealthy, the truly wealthy, the prodigious accumulators of wealth, they call them, they weren't interested in all of the expensive food and all of that. They had, a, they had earned it, and they, they're conservative with their money. That's the old money. So they're, they're, they're very conservative. That's why they have so much money. And they talked about guns and butter. They spend their money on appreciating items instead of consumables. So I guess it, when you're talking about affluent people, you're, you, you, have to, you have to figure out what's important to them before you start making assumptions too, right? Yeah, I have always found, yes, definitely. I've always found, um, do you know, ask a lot of questions, as always, right? Um, I'm asking a lot of questions and I'm, I'm, I'm learning as I go about them. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we have systems now where we can educate ourselves on the buyer um, as much as we possibly can before we meet with them. Um, they do not, they like what they like. I mean, it's crazy. You can't sound salesy. They're not going to fall for any of that. They don't, they don't right. at all, you know, like, um, you just be, I've found that it just in, probably everything in life, just be yourself, you know, mm -hmm. get, if you get in front of them, um, and understand you have to know the properties a little bit more. So, you know, now when we print out the MLS, you, you, um, you know, you go to see the property, you're learning about it with them. We, I try to learn a lot more about the property before I, time. before I get with them. And I do it together. I have a partner, Stacy Petrucci. Right. Um, we, I, I will always, uh, drive, I'll, she'll drive and I'll, I'll be the entertainment per se, or shuffling through the, the sheets when, when, and then handling getting the houses open. It takes two people to, to, to keep them going. Sometimes they, they ride with us. Um, since COVID, most of the time, they don't want to get in the car with you. They want to be in the back. Mm -hmm. Follow you. So no, I completely get it. Mm -hmm. So um, what do you think of this market right now? What's your projection for the future? Do you have any? I mean, you've been 1999. You you went through the housing crash. Um, hey, let, me, let me put this right here, Will. Oh, he's got his crystal ball up. <laughs> yeah. What are you saying? <laughs> Well, I always, I got asked that three times yesterday and I sent people pictures of my crystal ball. I'll send you a picture <laughs> on your phone. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's been, it's been wrong. We were, we were correcting pre-COVID. 
COVID made it explode. Um, interest rates keep creeping up. I think that's starting to affect us quite a bit now. It, 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 you know, if I could talk about today, it is radically slowed down for us. Um, right. Even though we're biting. And I think when we say that, people think as agents, that means we're not doing anything. We're still doing things. Just I'm just, like I said, we're working, you know, 50% hard, No, we're working 100% harder. We're making 50% of the money. It's mm-hmm. just, is harder. You have to find deals. Um, the buyers are tougher to work with. They're like vultures right now. They're, they're circling. Um, sellers do not want to come down. Why would they? Most of these properties are paid for. They have two and a half percent interest rate on them. They don't want to let that go. Where are they going to go from here? I've been very fortunate to find people that are leaving this market, you know, that are moving on out of the area. So those have been successful, um, for me. Um, but where is it headed? Inventory is not growing like I thought it was uh, or would. Um, I think we're in for a, cor- a, a, a correction. I feel like if I say that enough, there's a 50% chance I'll get it right. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I think Gary Keller said it best in his 40 years of doing this. He's never seen a market like this. And I would have to agree with that in my 20 three or four years of doing this, I've never seen one act like this. The it's BA it's it's not doing what it should be doing based on the the drop in sales and inventory growing. Prices should be dropping more than they are. And in, in our market, house prices are up over four percent over the last twelve months. The number of transactions is down sixteen point nine. Um, the problem is, in my opinion, you've got sellers that don't want to leave their rate or our market's completely different than yours. And that's another thing that people can take out of this. Every market's different. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the market does. Houses still sell and you just need to make yourself, you need to have a lot more hooks and worms out in the lake because there's fewer fish, but this, this market, you've got buyers that are continuing to get seven, seven and a quarter percent rate, but they're buying anyway. So there's this like, they're, they're feeling the FOMO because there's a lot there fewer homes on the market, but then they're forced to get a higher interest rate. And then they've got friends and family that are asking them, what the hell are you doing? So it's like all of this, all of this static going on. Sellers that feel like they're suckers if they lower their price. Because the mark, because they can't see how it really works, so they see last year what homes were selling for, and they want that now. And then you've got buyers that are getting a higher rate, and they're reading news that house prices should be dropping, but they're not. So they feel like they're being played. It, the whole thing is a cluster. A but lot. at the end of the day, houses are still continuing to sell. So if transactions are only down twenty percent, I mean, do you know what the number of transactions are down in your market? I mean, I. I... Hold on. While you're sharing that, I'll look that up because I was just like in my market, it's 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 year over year. It's about 17 percent total down. So and, and the thing is, I keep saying this. I sound like a broken record. My crystal ball is this. The one part I know is going to happen. Because real estate agents are financially fragile and we can and the barrier of entry is so low to get into this business as the housing market constricts a disproportionate number of realtors leave the business. So every time, and I'm sure that happened in your market in 2009, 
Uh, when, when paychecks get too far apart, it doesn't matter if it's because of a housing crash or a shortage of inventory. Agents don't leave because of that. They leave because they're not making enough money because their paychecks get too far apart and they can't bridge that gap without getting a job, right? Right. So well, I we're think down, that... We're down, um, sorry, we are just wanted while I have this pulled yeah, up. Yeah, I want to see that. Uh, 29%. 29 point almost 30%. Right. So what will happen is a lot of, now you've got, I would, a lot of agents in your market, I would imagine are already doing great or they have a spouse who's successful. I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the Warren Buffett theory where the tide's going out and we're about to see who's swimming naked. Right. Who's got no pants on. I think they're going to see a lot of that. You know, I, 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 but I'm a firm believer that that it's no matter where we are. It's, oh, I told an agent this yesterday. It's always price. Okay, buyers never leave markets ever, and, and I can prove right. it. I can oh, be, yeah, I, there's always they can prove means, it. Value leaves market value, and you just outlined all the reasons why value has left the marketplace: insurance, um, uh, interest rates. Um, the news, I mean, my gosh, they're just not interested right now. They don't want to play this re real estate has been on fire for 13 years. What did we expect? It's, it was just time. It's not always time to be a buyer and a seller. So, um, here we are. It never drives up. It never dries up, Bobby. For the price, right? People get mad when I say that because, well, if they think they're at the right price and I'm not saying you should sell your home, you should, if, but if you can't sell it, you either lower the price or you don't. It doesn't. Or you stay there. You're, and you, I love how you said, you know, it's our market's different than yours. And and here we're very local. These little communities are all different. Do you know what right. I mean? Like I was looking at one yesterday, and I was explaining to this uh, a, a newer agent, Turner Ogle, Darla's son, who's a great agent. He's going to be a rock star. But he's mm -hmm. this is the first time. Well, the majority of these agents that are out here have been in this. Think about this. Oh, I know. This is it. This is they've never seen anything like this. So I was looking at a house, a neighborhood that he's got uh, he's got listed, and there's 16 homes for sale in there. Okay. Oh wow. Okay, 16. And this little tiny little pod that he's got. And he can't wrap his head around that. Six homes have six homes closed year within a year. So uh, let's do the math there. That's two and a half years. Seven years of inventory. inventory. And mm -hmm. and 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 he's over here banging his head on having this awkward conversation with the seller. And I'm like, you might as well have it. They're not going to sell it. If you don't get in front of those 16 other properties, would you buy in a community that are, that has 16 homes for sale that is literally probably only has 70 homes. I mean, no, you're something's wrong. And I'll tell you what's wrong is the prices are not right. They got to reduce the prices radically. What um, just to bring some clarity to all of this for those listening, none of this means anything because, as I said, there's always going to be homes for sale on the market. There's always going to be buyers that are coming into the market. We're oh. in a recession proof business. And the one thing that we don't think about is that what always balances the market out is the number of realtors in the business. When the market is going well, then you end up getting hurt because 25% more realtors come into the business. When the market comes down, though, you see 25 to 40% of the realtors leave because the vast majority of real estate agents in the United States of America, out of the 1.5 or 
whatever million agents are making under forty or fifty thousand dollars a year. So when the market shrinks, the part-timers stay in because they've got another source of income. But then the agents that are, you know, that are making a living wage, they end up having to leave the business. And this time around, the unemployment nationally is about four percent. So the last time around during the housing crash, the unemployment was up to 12% and they still left the business. So if agents were leaving the business and jumping into, they're jumping off without a parachute, then now you can go to Target and make $23 an hour. You can go, I mean, there's so many places that you can go to make 20 to $25 an hour and replace the income that you were making as a real estate agent. And what happens is they're the ones that are catching, they've got their catcher's mitts up during the good market, and they're taking the, the friends and family transactions, people close to them, because the market's easy, they, they give them to them, and we miss out on all of that without realizing it, right? Right. right. And so what happens is as the market, in 2009, when it, can, it just, the floor fell out, 2010, for those of us that were left, did great. Because the number of transactions was down by about 25%, but the number of realtors was down by about 40 Because the, the gap between the number of transactions that drops, it hits those agents way more. Because yeah. if you make 70 grand a year and it drops to 30, you got to get out of the business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, here we are again. For the agents that stay in and just keep working and having conversations, they're gonna, their business will be elevated. Gualtieri, our coach, he always said that you know, your business will be elevated to a level that you've never experienced before. And as long as you stay relevant, you're going to stay there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's what, that's the good news in all of this. You can't just look at the numbers The the big force outside that we don't see is the real estate agent population. And yes. they, they've got most of the time they're not wearing pants. Yes. Yes. I think the takeaway on for a new agent on all of this that I told a guy this yesterday was um, live within your means. Whatever that takes. Whatever if that takes. Extra, if you've <laughs> got to get another job, drive, that's the other thing. You can get a part-time job door dashing or Ubering or Lyft, you know, while you're selling houses. But this business, I my real estate license is so precious because once you get to a certain level, Unless you can go back to medical school, you're not replacing this income. No, no, good point. It's a great profession to be in. And we get to deal with people during one of the best times in their life if they're buyers. Um, we get to solve problems for sellers. But um, unfortunately, and again, I got in because the barrier of entry was low. I was only 19. So if it was much higher, I couldn't have gotten in either. It blows my mind that you did that, that, which is awesome. I need to get my son to talk to you. Uh, I have no regrets. <laughs> or is that tattoo said, I have no regrets. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a love hate, you know, I love it. I, I, it worked because I didn't have any other options. It's what I, what do. are you, well, that's the reason you've done well, um, because you don't have any other options. I don't yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you doing differently right now in this market where the sales are down 40%? What, like, what are you doing right now that you may not have done two years ago? Chop it PG. 
chop wood, <laughs> chop wood, carry water, and do it like you mean it. I, I've just what, what does that actually translate I've to? More consistent with um, you know basically my social media is definitely more consistent. Uh, I, I'm calling uh, past clients a little more often. I've always been fortunate that a lot of the business came to me, which is probably why my business. Um, did what it did it, it, it evolved the way it did without some intention because i until i put the intention in it it, it, it stayed kind of leveled off but i've had to um you know we started doing those uh the 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 mailers um the postcards where they it looks like your your signature stuff what is that called um looks like you wrote it i've had great success with postcards for, for some reason and i think a lot of that is because no one lives here you know what I mean? So, so we don't. Our market is so much different than a lot of other places. I can't go door to door. Coach always not there. You're going to hit a tenant. There's nobody here, right? Uh, I'm not. I'll be honest with you. I'm embarrassed to say this because a lot right. of people don't. I, I'm not a big cold caller. Never have right. been. I don't. I think I probably I did, did it a few times. I probably did it maybe ten times in my whole career. Now I'll warm call all day long, but I'm not right. a, a big cold caller. I see some agents having great success with that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just don't, I find that my other business is busy enough that I don't need to do that. Um, Will, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I'm consistent with my email campaigns. I'm consistent right. with my newsletter. I gotta tell you, man, it's just always the basic stuff, isn't it? It's just, oh, the, yeah. just the basic real estate is what I do. You know, I, I, um, do my social when media. When you say basic stuff, you're talking about when we, I mean, we can say all of the slang, but at the end of the day, you're just having more conversations with people. I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, definitely. But my basic stuff, if someone wants to know what that is, because I know I remember agents in the past that I were training. They said, what do you mean by that? I get that. So, I, you know, I make sure that I have a good social media campaign. I plug right. each platform at least once a day. Right. Um, I try right. to do as much video as possible. I'm on a little what bit. What are of you doing? Like when you say platform once a day what are you actually posting well, i make sure i put on instagram uh, uh, something about the fact that my instagram has become more my business page probably more than anything um okay. i make sure that um people see that i'm selling i talk about the sellers i'll put sold pending new listings on i'll drop that in with me surfing or catching a fish kind of thing right there i put business right. tips on there i also right. throw my day-to-day -day life on there uh cold plunging i put that up in the highlights on instagram that upper okay. thing right there. Then I uh, do, and that's connected to my um, Facebook, Facebook business, business page, page right? Yeah. Then, mm -hmm. but crazy enough, I get a lot of business out of my Facebook page that's not um, just my social page. I just drop, mostly I could have my kids or fishing. If I drop a, a new listing in it, I, I tend to get a lot more calls off of that Facebook version than I do anything else, right? And, then, and so I do, I make sure I do um, at least once every other day with my Facebook personal. And then of course I've had, I've been having a blast with TikTok and the majority of my TikTok oh, is nothing not to do with, um, with real estate. It's, but then I could take the TikTok video and plug it into stories and Instagram. Anyways, I'm, I'm carrying on here. Email campaigns, uh, postcard campaigns, little bit of print advertising and a and lot of this with past clients. And that's it. Right. I understand. I understand. I mean, 
how does that work? I, you know, I mean, and that, that comes from, remember when coach would lay it out, I, I could show someone how to make, you know, if you want to make a hundred grand, 200 grand or whatever, there's, there's what you make, how much is each commission? And then what, how do you do that? You break it down another column over here on this side. And that's what you right. do every day for you and I, and guys that have been doing this, I think it's just a natural process for us. We do that every day anyways, even on site. I text past clients every week. Mm-hmm. All the time. And really, people just don't seem to get it. They're expecting their business to just happen and people to think about them with all the distractions with TikTok and social media. And the, Mary, my wife and I were talking about it yesterday. The amount of hours that we kill watching videos, no wonder we've become so lame. I mean, we're the vast majority of human beings are spending so much time consuming content, watching videos and and that they're not getting their regular lives done. And it's so important for us as real estate agents to, um, you know, we talk about the big rocks and the little rocks. The big rocks are staying in touch with your sphere, doing your prospecting, and then the little rocks are reacting to the rest of the stuff that you generate. You know, following up on transactions and uh, home inspections and showing houses and all of that. But if you're not spending time every day with the big rocks, making sure that you're uh, moving your business forward, that's a very arrogant place to be because you're, people aren't thinking about us. They're too distracted with all, with all of the, now they got threads to worry about. You know, you know I've heard about that in a couple of weeks. Threads. Our area was 74 home sales last um, in the 38 area last month, 4,500 agents. So someone's not, (laughs) someone's not eating. You know what I mean? Like somebody is not eating. Yeah. So just, but you know what they're doing though? They're doing a little pick. A lot of Uber drivers. A little selfies at the beach, putting on their page just to keep their names out there. I don't think that stuff does anything. No, it's not going to do anything. You, you've got the best. I mean, you've got you could do a podcast over what you're doing with Facebook. I mean, that's pretty impressive what you do. That's probably the smartest thing of all. Well, I just try to stay. He's talking about our Facebook private Facebook group that we have all our clients in. I mean, um, I just try to stay in it. You have to be a beast about staying in touch with people because if you think in the old days, I mean, you could people would remember you, but they didn't have. All we had in the old days was billboards, you know, or letters or Or postcards. Or the newspaper. Newspaper. Or or newspaper ads. Now, our whole lives are consumed by the internet and social media platforms. And if you think for one second you're going to sell somebody a house and they're going to remember you in three years or they're going to think one time about recommending you to a friend of theirs and you're not doing anything to, to mechanize the process of staying in touch with them you are going to lose it's as simple as that be prepared to have every 50 to 80 percent of those people use somebody else next time you're losing out on all your referral based business so you better be staying in touch with people calling texting have an inexpensive event get your core list of people that you know will recommend you i heard someone the other day and we'll close on this um he he puts his clients into um Economy, business class, and first class, just like on a plane. Economy are the people that have used before. You don't know if they'd use you or not. You think they were they were generally happy, but uh, they're not gonna. You can't count on referrals. Business class are people that have used you again, or they might send a referral. And 
First class, those are the people that you can count on as being your core advocates. And you're trying to move the C's to B, you're trying to move the economy to business class and business class to first class. And you better have the list of first class people and stay in touch with them very regularly. And if you do that, and you call some for sale by owners, and you call around listings and just let people know about a house that just sold, there's no way you're going to fail. But if you don't do that, and you're just waiting for people to call you, and you think you can just post some selfies on social media, yeah. um, you, you might as well go start getting, looking for another job now, because it's not going to get any easier. You know, it reminds me, a quick story. Um, that's great stuff, Will. But a friend of mine said one time, he said, hey, do you, you court your wife? Do you court your wife? And I said, well, what, I, I, what do you mean? I, do I court my wife? He goes, well, if you don't court your wife, someone else is going to. Okay. It's the same with your clients. Okay. You don't take your wife out for a date every once in a while and show her love and, and, and listen and validation. And you're going to have a problem. It's it, our clients, our first class clients are the same way. They, they, you know, you said, you know, then that, that goes great with the luxury people. They're very used to VIP service. They expect it. You sell it. Happy to recommend it you if you earn it. Yeah, you sell a ten million home and you can't get their little email into your database to touch them again. Oh, you don't deserve their business when they resell that home for fifteen million, <laughs> or any home for that matter. And they will not. You're right. They will not rehire you. You know, all they saw in that settlement statement is what you made. Okay. Right. <laughs> and they think it's too exactly. much. You know. Right. You know, what, is, well, what does coach always say? Get get your Zillow review before the closing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, man. Listen, the, you've been very, very helpful. Thanks for taking the time to get on here today. Um, anything you'd like to say? Without you giving me a hard time. So do you What's have that? This is the longest we've gone without you giving me a hard time. What's up with that? You feeling okay? I'm trying to be professional. <laughs> I love you, Will. I mean, you do. I, you've been a, I'm, I'm so glad that you twisted my arm and chokehold me to, to, to get me over to the, the dark side. And, and I, I will tell you, it, 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 closing on an EXP thought, right? Out of everywhere I've been, out of everywhere I've been in different brokerages and some have been purchases, everything except when I opened up my own brokerage, I will, I did enjoy that, right? I sold it years ago. Um, Everything has been was a tad disappointing. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. That that that's their business, right? <laughs> uh, nothing against any of them. I, I have utmost respect for everywhere I've been, but right. it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Just right? a little disappointing. Just a little bit. Even my own, I had challenges with it. This is the first one that I've been with that um, I'm I'm beyond impressed. I I it's ex no idea how to explain it as far as like. When people, I said, you just got it. You know, I've got a new agent about to join on board, and like you, you'll see, you'll see, you'll experience what we're talking about. There's so much freedom in it. I, I, I wish I'd have done it three years ago, and I've, I've never felt like that of any brokerage I've joined. I feel like I'm the owner, uh, which I am, you know. And so I thank you for um, um, pushing me along. I thought you were trying to recruit me. Yeah, Little did, little did I realize you were just trying to help me, and that's and I needed the help to get there, and I'm so grateful I did. At this stage in my life, of 54 years old, and I've had, just like you, I've had I, more success than I ever thought I would, um, economically. I'm only talking to agents that I know will benefit 
from the, the, the tools that they give us, the stock ownership, the ability to build a revenue share organization or a virtual brokerage within the brokerage, I don't, I, I don't approach most real estate agents because I think they'll be disappointed. But the ones that are well-known uh, entrepreneurs, yes. there's zero chance that they're not going to have an amazing time here. Right. And that, you know, it, I guess I'm a slow learner. It took me three huh. years. It took you, me it took me six years. <laughs> six years. I mean, you know, guys like us, thank God it's not about smarts. Persistence and consistency. We get there eventually, Will. Everybody, once they come over, they go, God, I wish I would have come here earlier. But that's like, that's like saying, I wish my, my banana would have been ripe three days ago. You know, it's like, it isn't possible. You just are, you, you come at your own pace. Yeah, we get here when we get here. Once you arrive at a place where you're willing to make a change in life, then you, now you're in that place mentally where you wish you would have done it before, but the before you weren't at that place mentally, so it never would have happened. So yeah. on that note, thanks for taking the time, man. Hey, always enjoy, always enjoy your will. Thank you. All right. Later. Thanks guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you got some uh, value out of this episode and stick with the building stronger agents podcast. And we'll continue to bring amazing agents like Bobby Johnson in Santa Rosa beach, Florida to you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Building Stronger Agents podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review and share our podcast with your friends.